0: You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. Hi there, this is Pastor Vlad. And before we go into this week's content, I would like to invite you to become a part of what God is doing at Hungry Generation today. This year we've seen a great blessing of the Lord, and anointing of God, God's healings and salvations and deliverances. And in 2019, I know that God wants to take us further. And many of you who are watching this video right now and watching this message, You've been receiving from Hungry Gen, you've been growing, your world has been changing and we give to God all the glory. But we would like you in 2019 to become a part of what God is doing. And you can do that by sowing your best gift into this ministry. Or maybe doing something monthly, like a partnership, a reoccurring gift. This will help us to go further in 2019 and bring more of what we're bringing to you to many, many more people. Me and my wife, we do that every single year. Our church does that every single year. Well, once a year we give a special offering to God and then we also become partners of this ministry by our monthly contributions. And I give you that opportunity today to become our partner and to become somebody who contributes to what God is doing today. Below is a link where you can make that happen. So why don't you ask God, what would God have you give this year to this ministry to help us go further in god and now let's go into this message i want to talk about benefits of intimacy with the holy spirit we're going to finish the series called the encounter if you're watching us on live stream or if you're physically here today on our you version bible app there's notes to the message that you can download to to stay synced and to stay uh together uh, with us we're starting our fast tomorrow till wednesday we're really looking forward to that in 1st Samuel chapter 11 verses 6 and 7, it says the following. Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news, and his anger was greatly aroused. He took the yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces, sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, whoever does not go out with Saul or Samuel to battle, so it shall be done to his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell upon the people, and they came out with one consent. And if we skip few verses down, verses 12 and verses 13. Then the people said to Samuel, Who is he who said, Shall Saul reign over us? Bring the men, that we might put them to death. But Saul said, Not a man shall be put to death this day. For today the Lord has accomplished salvation in Israel. This chapter is the chapter when King Saul, the first king of Israel, was ordained and I I call it the good old days of King Saul. This was when he was doing good. He walked with God. He walked with Holy Spirit. The rest of his reign and the rest of his time went south. It it didn't go well. It didn't go good for him and Holy Spirit came upon him. As Christians, we must understand that the Holy Spirit lives in us, amen. The moment we became Christians, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of us. He came as a gift. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to live in us when we start speaking in tongues or we start prophesying. He comes to live in us at salvation. The relationship with Holy Spirit comes at salvation. But intimacy with Holy Spirit comes at surrender. That means you can have a relationship but never have intimacy. Relationship is your legal status. It's kind of like marriage. Marriage Certificate. You can be married to your spouse but never be close to your spouse. Some people are married and they live in two different uh, houses, some in two different rooms. And they're legally married for other benefits but they're not intimate, they're not close. And God doesn't just want to have a relationship with you. Holy Spirit wants to have intimacy with you. He wants to be close to you. The Bible says, and the grace of Jesus, the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all the fellowship of the Holy Spirit the grace of Jesus the love of the Father these things changed our life as Christians the love of God changed our life amen the grace of Jesus changed our life can I get a witness through the grace everything is changed but there is a gift that Holy Spirit has that he wants to give to us and this gift is not just speaking in tongues Though that's a precious gift. This is not just a gift of prophecy, though though, that's a this is a precious gift. It's not just a gift of working miracles, though that is a precious gift. The Holy Spirit wants to offer to us a fellowship, a communion, a canonia, as it says in Greek. Canonia or fellowship is something that happens like in home groups. When you hang out with your spouse, with your children, like what's happening right now is I'm speaking to you. That's not a fellowship. That's a one-way conversation. Fellowship is when you're speaking, the other person's listening, the other person is speaking, you're listening. And so it's a two-way street where people share their feelings, people share their heart. When you have a fellowship with someone, you usually don't have an agenda. Like when you meet with somebody say, hey let's hang out, it's not because you want to ask them for money. Right? When you say, hey let's hang out, it's not because you have a petition or a request it's not because you need something, it's because you want them. Let me say that again. Fellowship is not when you need something, it's when you want the person. Now in the process of conversation with the person you can learn about their pain. You can, in fact, talk about your struggle, and you can come to a mutual resolution. But that wasn't the point of the meeting. The fellowship is always about community and a relationship, and that's exactly what Holy Spirit wants with every single Christian. He doesn't just want us to live a life where we pray, bringing our requests. He wants us to love Him enough to seek Him for His sake. And many times in the Bible it says to do things for His sake, meaning we do it because we love Him. We do it because we treasure His company and His presence. God wants you to have a fellowship with Holy Spirit. For those of you who are single, for those of you who are alone, for those of you who maybe you feel like you can't connect with anybody in in certain areas of your life. You have a friend that lives inside of you. His name is the Holy Spirit. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a closeness with you and He wants to be addressed regularly. You know when you're a married person, for those of you who are married here, every day you go and you have a moment throughout the day where you fellowship with your spouse. It doesn't always, not always deep. Sometimes it's very casual. Hey, how you doing? Good morning, good night or do you need anything? It's just a just a casual conversation that's going on throughout the day because you have a relationship, and that is how you have an intimacy. Is you you have a conversation. Now imagine if you would wake up tomorrow, and for the whole day, you don't even acknowledge the presence of your spouse. Like you see them, and it's like you don't see them. You don't even say nothing. You just kind of keep going about your day. Now I understand some of you. That's how your marriage looks like. That's not good. <laughs> It's like we, we have had a, you heard that, uh, that joke when the, the husband and the wife were not on the talking terms so they decided to write to each other instead of talking to each other. And so the, the wife had a flight next morning to catch. So she wrote a, on a piece of paper to her husband, wake me up at six o'clock and put it next to him. So he woke up at eight o'clock and now she stops her silence. She says why didn't you wake me up? You know, I told you. And, uh, and he says, well, did you see the other side of the letter? It says, wake up. <laughs> that, that, that's, not, that's not the fellowship, okay? That's a, that's a silent treatment. That is not good. Fellowship is when you are verbal with another person, you're talking to another person. Holy Spirit wants you to have a relationship with Him and talk to Him. Okay, this is good to read the Bible. It's very very important, but He wants us to fellowship with Him. Holy Spirit did not just leave us tongues and gifts and the Bible. He left us Himself. For the longest time, I believed and prayed to God in heaven. But not long ago, maybe five, six years ago, I discovered a new God. This may sound weird. A God who lives inside of me. And I'm not talking about a feeling, I'm not talking about a force, I'm not talking about a conscious, I'm talking about a person whose name is the Holy Spirit.
1: He is not far from us, He lives inside of us and He wants a relationship and fellowship with us. Somebody give God some praise for the Holy Ghost.
0: You will receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you, Jesus said. And you will be my witnesses to all the four corners of the earth. When you discover the person of the Holy Spirit, a power is released into your life and then your purpose becomes activated. I like to say like this, in order to walk in the Holy Spirit, you have to talk to the Holy Spirit. In order to walk, you have to talk. If you want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, there's a very simple secret. Realize He's a person and talk to Him. It doesn't have to be spiritual. You don't have to pick up a Catholic book of saints of prayers and address Him with the way people addressed Him in 60s. You can use your language. You can use your language, how you feel in your heart. I'm not saying to pray to the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking about talking to the Holy Spirit. You know when my friend picked me up on Friday from the airport in Bellingham. I haven't seen him for some time. You know, I didn't get on my knees in front of him and say, Oh, thou is Andre Mirza, the resident of Mount Vernon, Washington, and the one who has been saved by God's holy, holy blood. No, I said, Hey, Andre, so good to see you. I haven't seen you. Man, how's everything? And for the next 30 minutes, I talked, he talked, we shared. I didn't have an agenda, we were fellowshipping. God wants us to give Holy Spirit the same place as we give our friends. Holy Spirit wants to be your friend. Holy Spirit wants you to talk to Him. Some of you are disappointed in religion because you met rules, you didn't meet a friend. His name is the Holy Spirit. I am not talking about speaking in tongues now though that is a precious gift. I'm not talking about being slain in the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about shaking and baking. I'm not talking about lightning going through your spine. I'm not talking none of this stuff. I'm talking about a person who is Holy Spirit, who is God, who is here, who lives in you and he wants relationship. He doesn't have a muteness. He wants to talk and he wants you to talk to him. I'm not just saying that you give him an errands to run. I'm not saying you give him your needs and requests. Though no, that is good. But he wants relationship. Friends don't meet with other friends just so that they can tell their problems. They meet so they can tell, share their hearts. And so right now I want us to share a five, is it five or six? Six benefits of intimacy with Holy Spirit six benefits, six things that I believe will start happening in your life when you stop treating the Holy Spirit as a doctrine and embrace Him as a friend. The first one and we see this from the King David kicking Saul's life. The first one that will happen is that you will attack your enemy instead of agreeing with your enemy. What happened with Saul is that when the Holy Spirit came upon him is the enemy came against one of the cities of Israel and when the enemy did come, the enemy offered an a opportunity for that city to surrender and so that city could make a deal or a covenant with that enemy. The devil only makes covenants with people he knows he can't overcome. Because if he knows he can overcome you, why bother make a covenant? He just destroys. But he always seeks to make a deal with those he knows he can't destroy. And that city they phoned or they contacted King Saul and say, Saul we need some help. What what do we do? We need some help. Do we make a deal with our enemy or is there some another an alternative alternative option? King Saul when he hears that like a fire came inside of him. He gets mad. He's like, no deal. He said, we're gonna go fight and we're gonna beat that enemy. We're gonna overcome. He gets the whole army ready and they go and they fight and they win a battle. The first sign, relationship with the Holy Spirit is you don't buy into the devil's lies and you don't make deals with him because you know you're anointed to conquer him. You don't make your issue become your identity. You You don't make the things you struggle become who you are. You don't let what you're battling with define who you are now. You don't call sickness your own. You don't call sin your own. You don't call addiction your own. You don't call this your own. My cancer, my fear, my depression, my problem, my, no, 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 no.
1: That's not yours. It belongs to the devil. What's yours is healing. What's yours is freedom. What's yours is blessing. What's yours is the Holy Ghost. That's yours. That's mine. Somebody say Amen.
0: When the Holy Spirit left Saul, I want you to see something else happen. Is that Saul was making deals with the enemy. Saul was coming to lie with with terms of the enemy. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Saul did not make a covenant with the enemy. Without the anointing, he agreed to the terms of Goliath. When Goliath came to fight, I want you to see that the enemy, before he defeats you, he always wants to disarm you. Before he defeats, he seeks to disarm. He wanted to disarm the nation of Israel and how he does that by his deals. He disarms us with his deals. He always has a deal to present. And that deal never benefits you and I, it always benefits him. The devil is not an idiot. He doesn't present deals that benefit us, he presents deals that benefit him. Goliath comes in, he doesn't present a deal to benefit the nation of Israel. He presents a deal that benefits him. And he offers this deal. He says, I want to present an offer. I fight against the strongest men of Israel. And if we win, if I win, you guys become our slaves. If you win, I become your slave. Now, at first we read that we're like, well, God came in through David and everything in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Never once God allowed the nation of Israel to take this kind of approach to warfare. He wanted the whole nation to fight, not some big super soldier. God is not Marvel or DC. He doesn't produce Batman. Superman, Ant-Man, and every other man. God, He built an army, not a super soldier. And God always calls the church a body, not a belly button. Were you the center of the universe and the devil, what well, the first thing the devil will always wants to do is to isolate you from the rest of the body and to make you fight him on your own. He make you have problems with the church. You make you have problems with the Christian. Anything he can do so that he can pull you one-on-one with him. But you're part of the body. You're not a, some kind of a, all this and all that. We are part of the body. And so devil can't fight me as a finger. He fights the whole body. If he comes against me, he comes against
1: you. He comes against us. Somebody give God some praise right now. You're not alone. That's why I believe
0: isolation is demonic. Isolation is the devil puts isolation in people's minds. But you know the other problem that I have with Goliath's tactic is this. Is he said to the nation of Israel that if I win this one battle, the war is over. Now I am not an expert in military, but you don't win one battle and thus win win a war. A war consists of battles you fall seven times and get up to eighth and you still win you can have a bad day and still have a great life you can lose the first quarter in football and still win the game but the devil comes and says this if you lost one battle you're over you lost your first marriage that's it it's over for you You lost your first child, or you lost your first business, or you lost this many years in your life, it's over. Listen, as long as there is breath inside
1: of you, it's not over. If you lost the battle, you did not lose the war. If you lost your purity, nothing is lost yet. You can get up and run after God. The devil is a liar. Stop agreeing with the devil. Attack the devil cast out the devil, resist the devil, stand up against the devil but don't make deals with the devil. Somebody say
0: Amen. When the Holy Ghost comes upon your life you stop making deals with the devil. You stop making treaties with the devil because you have a treaty and you have a deal and you have a covenant with the Holy Ghost. No other covenants are allowed in this covenant with the Holy Ghost. Come on somebody. That's why you tell the devil, I disagree with you. Yes, this cancer is in my body, but it's not my cancer. It's your cancer. This arthritis
1: is in my bones, but it's your arthritis, not mine. I know I fight this problem inside of me. It's not my problem. It's your problem. And I attack this problem. I come against this problem. I resist this problem. I stand against this problem. I declare war. Come on, somebody
0: devil will come to you and say make peace you see devil me and you
1: there ain't no peace there's only war i have peace with god and i have a conflict with you i don't want peace with you you're my enemy you're a liar
0: i want a peace with god not a peace with the enemy can somebody say amen you know, I remember praying for one person who has sexual attraction, uh, sh- attraction for the opposite, for the same sex and he said, I battled with this for so long and after a while the devil lied to me and he told me that is who I am. Pretty much every person who lives in homosexuality or, or lesbianism comes to that agreement. First they fight it and then they agree with it. And the culture now has made it popular and they said that if even what I'm just saying right now is this becomes hate. Let me tell you, if you're with the Holy Spirit, what you're fighting is not who you are. What you're struggling and what you're tempted by is not who you are. There is a devil and he lies to people and he tells them that that's who you are. And I'm not going to be afraid to mention this just because our culture went crazy. And my culture, I love our culture, I pray for our culture but I'm not getting clues for my life from culture because they protect dolphins in Florida and kill babies. Culture is not what it's supposed to be. We stand and we follow Christ and and though we, we love our cities, don't get me wrong, we pray for our government and everything but taking clues from our culture is the last thing and you have to take clues from your culture if you don't have a Holy Ghost to submit to. And for us as Christians, and my goal is not to, to, to pull down on anybody who's maybe today, you, you stopped fighting and you got so tired and you've accepted your sexual orientation is that is who you are. You're gay or you're a lesbian. My goal is not to pull you down. I just want to tell you one thing. I want you to get on a face before God and I want you to meet the Holy Spirit. Because only He will give you the power. Even if you start resisting the homosexual tendencies, you can't beat them on your own. There is only one person who can help you. It's the Holy Spirit. But I also have a message for each one of us who are battling sickness. Don't make it your sickness. Don't adopt it as an adopted child.
1: You're not a sick person trying to get healthy. You're a healthy person fighting sickness. Come on somebody. You're not a weak person trying to get strong. You're a strong person fighting weakness.
0: As Christians, you're not a poor person trying to get blessed. You're a blessed person fighting poverty. Never make your issue, never make your poverty, your sickness or your sin your identity. You are
1: identified with Jesus. With Him you died, with Him you rose again and you are seated in the heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Come on somebody.
0: Therefore when I have intimacy with Holy Spirit I stop identifying myself with my past, with my pain, with my sin or with struggle. See, even I just said mine. i rebuke this in Jesus' name. (laughs) It's not mine. It's not yours. What's ours is Jesus. What's ours is eternal life. What's ours is the Holy Spirit. What's ours is our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. We identify ourselves with Jesus Christ. And if you do that, give God a praise right now. Hallelujah. Number two. Having intimacy with the Holy Spirit, you will become courageous instead of being a coward. I want you to see what happened with King Saul. When the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, boldness was released into Saul. Without the anointing, Saul was balanced, cautious, played safe. Now, I, I do not want, to, want you to misunderstand me. I'm not trying to say that being cautious and, and uh, overthinking things is bad. But if your whole life is outlined by playing it safe, being cautious and being balanced, you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you don't have the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you're not saved. But there is one thing about the Holy Spirit that I want you to know. He makes you a risk taker. In fact, it says about the disciples of Jesus the Pharisees, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized they've been with Jesus. You can be with Jesus and maybe not have a degree, but one thing Jesus makes you, He doesn't always make you super educated. He makes you super bold. A righteous is as bold as a lion. A righteous are risk takers. Righteous they walk on water. Righteous they look at the Red Sea and everybody says we're gonna die. A righteous says, I see a highway called holiness and we will get through this. There's something about intimacy with the Holy Spirit that releases boldness. Some of us we've been too balanced, too calculated, too cautious, too letting our mind lead every decision. Those of you who took a sacrifice last Sunday, you were bold. Because that's not what balanced people do. Balanced people they save, bold people sacrifice. For those of you who took a stand and you came to to the front and you gave your life to Jesus, that, that wasn't calculated and cautious. You didn't think none of it through. God called and you ran. And you let God take care of the details later. If you fall in love, you're never balanced, you're out of balance. All the people in love are crazy. And then they stop loving each other and become balanced. (laughs) Love messes you up. When you're in love, you don't think about your money. You don't think about the distance. You don't think about your sleep. You're literally head over heels. You're running like crazy. And see, there's something about intimacy with God that has to produce a certain level of risk taking inside of you. When our church started, it didn't start because it made sense. It started because there was a vision, there was boldness. When our building was bought first time, we bought this building. We had no money, we had no bank account and we were not licensed by the state but we wanted to buy the building. See that wasn't normal, that that didn't make sense but it was bold. Everything from Holy Spirit is bold. And there was a miracle that was involved in that because God always responds to boldness with miracles. And I want to challenge you right now that if you stop seeing miracles perhaps you started to play safe. Perhaps your offering is playing safe. Perhaps you start praying safe prayers. Perhaps you start living your life on a safety net. You only got one life. Don't live it safe. Live it in a faith zone. Jesus died a brutal death not so you will live a safe life. So you will live abundant life. A fulfilled life. A victorious life. A earth-shaking life. mountain moving life. So you will live a life that moves God. Come on somebody. When we started two services, it wasn't safe, it was bold. We were scared, but we did it anyway. When we started the internship, first internship, I was like, who will come to Lubasco?" It wasn't calculated or cautious, it was a bold move. When we started two internships, I remember a few people that we have our intern, we begged them to come. We're like, we'll pay you, just come. <laughs> Because we got internship. We don't know who's going to come and stay here for nine months. We signed up for the houses, the renters are staying for two years. That was bold. Do you think I didn't have thoughts of what if nobody shows up and we end up with $5,000 a month for two houses. But you have to take the steps of faith if you want to see God move. I'm not talking about recklessness. I'm not talking about foolishness. I'm talking about when you're with the Holy Spirit, He pushes you off the boat. He pushes you off the boat. God said to Joshua, I am with you and after that He says, be courageous. That means whatever I'm going to ask you to do will require some courage. It's not going to be easy. It will not always make sense. Fear will come on every side and that's why fear
1: not, it says 365 times. Once a day you got to be courageous and fearless every single day to see the power of God move,
0: to see the power of God move and Saul was courageous. I want you to see this. Saul didn't get a prophetic word, Saul did not have a confirmation, Saul did not have a dream. You know what he had? A Holy Ghost bubbling inside. Fear. Of God comes upon people, he takes his oxen and he didn't just nicely put them aside and says, Gentlemen, could you please take care of my oxen? Pow, 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 pow. She said, you, you come here, you come here, you come here. You take this piece, this piece, this piece, and you send it over and tell if they don't come within the next few days, everybody dead, everybody gonna die. People are like, dang, what happened to him? I think Samuel looked and like, Now we're talking, that's Holy Ghost right there. Because that's not Saul. Saul is, is, Saul is a coward. That's, that, that is Holy Ghost right there. But when the Holy Spirit left Saul, I want you to read this. Saul never started a battle again. Never one battle Saul started. Every battle, either his son started, David started, or the enemy started. And Saul spent the rest of his life reacting to the enemy instead of responding to God. lost his edge he was no longer creating he was no longer starting anything he will be plateau that he maintained all the church growth gurus will tell you churches always plateau when they stop taking risks when they stop creating that's why we're starting a third service and easter because both of these services are pretty much mostly they're full do you think the third service doesn't give me a headache yes it does but also not seeing breakthrough is a bigger headache. We want to see God meet us. Miracles are given to bold people and boldness is given to those who seek the Holy Spirit. And we are a bold church. We are a courageous church. We are a fearless church. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. And if you're afraid, if you're scared, take next, take next three days to fast and say, God, kill my fear. After three days, trust me, if you can conquer latte and tacos, you can conquer anything. (laughs) If you can conquer Pepsi and enchiladas, listen, no devil in hell can come against you. You can conquer anything. Fear will die and courage will rise up. Come on, somebody. Amen. I want you to see number four, not only intimacy with the Holy Spirit makes me attack instead of adopt. Not only the intimacy of the Holy Spirit, it makes me be courageous but intimacy with the Holy Spirit will make you serve people instead of fearing people. That's number three, I'm sorry. Serve people instead of fearing people. When Holy Spirit came upon Saul, fear of God came upon people. When Holy Spirit left Saul, fear of people came upon Saul. When we seek to please people, we will always disobey God. But when we obey God, we will serve people. Pleasing people and serving people are not the same. Jesus came to die for people, but He didn't live pleasing them. One time revival broke out in one city and people say, stay here. And Jesus left. One time He said something, it offended most of His staff. They all packed their bags and left. And Jesus didn't go saying, hey, uh there's an update to that i did not mean that please guys i hope you understand i didn't actually mean for you to eat my flesh that would be like vampire stuff like we don't do that you didn't misunderstand me I, I jesus looked to the rest of his guys and he says if you guys want us it's kind of the train is leaving they came to make him a king and jesus escaped pharisees came and said perform miracles for us jesus says nope the soldiers beat him and say who prophesied who prophesied who beat you he's hanging on a cross and people make this final deal they say if you come down from the cross we will know that you're the son of god he looked straight at them and said nothing because jesus did not come to play to the tune of people he came to play to the tune of the heart of god in fact he didn't even die on the cross because of people he died on a cross because of his father In the garden, he didn't say, Lord, I can't wait to die for these horrible humans. In the garden, he said, Lord, I don't want to die, but not my will, but your will be done. Everyone who goes to love people, serve people and minister to people does it out of this because they found a place in the encounter with God where God's love was revealed. And they say, God, to make make your heart feel better because I know you're hurting for people. God, I will do anything for you. And then we go into ministry and the ministry switches from God to people. See, Saul's problem wasn't the devil. Saul's problem was that when the presence of God lifted his life, the fear of people gripped his heart. And he did all of his mistakes, if you read it very carefully, because people, 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 people. In fact, most of the time people were running from him and he was holding on to them. He was attached to people. Because when you're not attached to God, you will always be attached to people. You will care what your crazy friends think, whose lives is falling apart and who don't even care about you and you will live for their approval. You will live for their applause. You will do things not to offend them, not knowing they don't even care about you because they talk behind your back. But when you're attached to the Holy Spirit, you're not mean to people. You don't tell people, I don't care about you and everything, no, no, no. You're actually there to love them. You don't need them. And their approval for you to be happy your happiness doesn't come from them it comes from God your their compliment is like a gum you chew it it tastes good and you spit it out but what Holy Spirit says about you is your daily bread you eat it you chew it and you swallow it come on somebody hallelujah when they say Hosanna you don't get drunk and when they say crucify you you don't die because you live for God But you love people. We need to love people more and we can only do that if we first and foremost get connected to the Holy Spirit. Out of that comes people. I meet people all the time who says the church people hurt me. I said they killed Jesus. He still loves people. I said I'll never go to church. I'll never serve in ministry. I got burned out and I know the secret of why you got burned out. You serve people. They will do crazy stuff. Dell, you do crazy stuff. I do crazy stuff. All of us. The only thing that keeps me in ministry will keep you in ministry and will keep you serving people. Is not that you found a good bunch of people. For those of you who come to our church and say, this is the best church, you don't know us yet. If you think you found a special human species that don't exist anywhere else in the world, you're still infatuated with us. After six months, I want to hear what you have to say. Because your opinion will change. And you know what makes us stay here? It's not that everybody here is perfect. No, we're being perfected. We're here because of the Holy Spirit. We're here because of God. And we know that people make mistakes. And we love
1: other people. But we don't exist because of people. We exist because of God. We live for Him and we love them. Can somebody say Amen?
0: <laughs> Touch your neighbor. and say, I might not be as nice as you think. <laughs> Lord Jesus, freedom just, just broke off in this room. If people are the reason why you love them, your love will diminish. If God is the reason why you love people, your love will grow. If you love people, it's because you're pleased. You're trying to please God. If you're pleasing people, it's because you're insecure and their opinion is really what your life is dependent by. In fact, you don't love them. You're using those people to build your self-esteem. You don't care about those people. You only care about your wounded ego and you will quickly find out the moment you start pleasing people they will imprison you to the prison of their opinions. You'll never please them and you'll never be free from them. The best way to be free from people is to please God and then you will love them. You will enjoy them. And if they mess up, you're like, well, you know what? Today you messed up. I might make a mistake tomorrow. I forgive you. Let's move forward. Let's force this relationship. But I will continue to love you. Why? Because it's not you I started with. It's Him. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Number four. You will fight, when you walk with Holy Spirit, you will fight alongside of the authority instead of always being frustrated with the authority. When the Holy Spirit came upon Saul, he went to war with Samuel. Without the Holy Spirit, him and Samuel had constant frictions. You can't walk in the anointing and fight authority. If you're fighting authority always, it's because you're not walking in the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you don't have the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you're not saved. But if there's a constant war with you, maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been neglected. Maybe authority figures have really caused you a lot of harm. Your healing is in God. Your healing is in the love of God. Your healing is in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. But Holy Spirit will do this in you. He will create within you a humble heart toward the authority. He wants to kill pride and He wants to kill rebellion inside of us. If you notice that sometimes when pastor speaks or maybe a spouse speaks or maybe your parents speak and you got this like bubbly thing inside, always resisting, always finding something wrong, always like looking to undermine always correcting always rebelling if you're finding that there is a piece of the devil living inside of you it's called rebellion rebellion not pornography and not smoking weed is what got devil out of heaven some of us think devil did not commit adultery devil did not commit murder he only had a pride and the pride led to rebellion he couldn't stand god's authority i am not saying to be blindly submissive to everything that authority does i'm not encouraging abuse but if there is a rebellion constantly inside of our heart, that has to be squashed. And the Holy Spirit helps us to honor the authority. What if the authority is not very honor-, honor worthy? What if what they do is not worthy of honor? Then you honor them still. Not because they're honorable, but because you are honoring as a person. I always tell my wife, I don't love you because you're lovable. I love you because I'm loving. Now my wife is very lovable. She's easy to love. She knows that but that is not why I love her. The real reason why I love her, why? Because there are marriages where the woman is easy to love and the man never loves her. It's nothing to do with the woman. It has to do with the guy is a jerk. There, there's, there's marriages where the husband is a good man and the wife always undermines him. It's not because he doesn't have nothing going for him. It's because the wife has a little Jezebel inside of her. And you have to understand, is if you don't honor the authority, it doesn't say a lot about the authority as much as it says about you and your attitude. It says a lot more about you than about them. And therefore we have to watch and not use an excuse that if the authority is making a mistake, it gives me a right to disrespect them. I have to honor. The way I see in America today, the way they talk about the president. You know, you may not agree with everything. I did not agree with Barack Obama on many things. But I never said things that many people say about this president. have no fear of God whatsoever. And then they pay for that in their own children because their children treat them no better than the way they treat the authority God said. God put people positions, the president, teachers, police officers. We are people that we have to respect. The way I see some people talk to police officers when they pull them over. I said, holy God have mercy. Like when the police officer pulls me over, my knees shake. I'm under the power of God. I start to almost speak in tongues. I don't care. I don't pull my camera and say I want to see how you talk to me. How dare you talk to me like that. I literally, I stutter in the presence of God (laughs) and I see no respect for policemen, no respect for teachers, no respect for parents and then those people walk around spoiled brats, constantly rejecting the authority. That is a sign, my my dear Christians, that is a sign we're not walking with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you the way it is. We have to honor the Holy Spirit. By honoring the authority. If they don't agree, that's not our job to change it, unless you can. But our job is to first to honor, to pray, and to do our job. Noah got drunk. Two of his sons, one son was making fun of it. The other's two sons says, you know what? That had a bad day. Uh, let God deal with him. Let's cover him right now. And in the New Testament, God looks at the drunk guy, authority, who made a mistake and says he's a righteous man. And the guy who had a reason to dishonor his dad because he made a mistake, God calls him as a, in a shameful, cursed name when Moses married an Ethiopian woman and while Moses got up and says everybody don't marry women from other races because they're all serving idols only marry Jewish girls and then Moses goes on a tinder.com and finds himself an Ethiopian chick (laughs) brings her back and, and and Aaron stands there and says an Ethiopian girl says Moses you're a hypocrite how dare you do that and Miriam said the same thing. Who you think you're the only one? Why are you doing that? You're such a hypocrite and everything. And God came down, and God did not rebuke Moses. He gave Miriam a leprosy, and says, "How dare you talk about him like that?" But he's a hypocrite. That's my problem, not yours. God says, "Now get off, children. If your parents are demanding and they're putting a curfew for you to be at nine thirty, and you're without rebelling." And saying, "Well, my church has a party. Everybody from the youth goes to Applebee's, and so I don't need to be home at nine thirty. My parents are controlling me." Thank you. Can I, can I, can I, can I tell you how to break free from parental control? Get a job. Get an apartment buy your own food, do your own laundry and after your credit card is maxed out because you can't pay for everything, you will realize what their control was, was just simple it love. Come on somebody. Amen. I see kids are getting out and parents are standing up. We're having a revival. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We have to learn to honor authority. I was a youth pastor and my, my parents, there were times they were putting curfew on me and I was the youth pastor. And my dad was very clear. He says, at church you're a youth pastor and here you're a son and you're going to do what I say. That's all. That's all you have to do. And same thing with honoring our pastors. I'm not saying that we blindly agree when they ask us to do something that is, that is unholy and unjust. But cleaning your room and coming home at nine is not unscriptural, okay. It's their preference and you have to honor. You want to walk deeper with the Holy Spirit, honor the authority. You want to lose the intimacy with the Holy Spirit? Be a rebellious sheep. But remember, many times you begin to reap that in your own life and you do not want to reap that. Kill every trace of of rebellion inside of you because that is a devil. Somebody say Amen. Amen. I think parents loved me for this, huh? Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. We should do an offering right after this. (laughs) Number five. You will have mercy on your foes instead of attacking your friends. When Holy Spirit was with Saul, he spared his enemies. When the Holy Spirit left Saul, he sought to kill his friends. Only the Holy Spirit helps you not to react to people, but to pause and respond to God. When Holy Spirit, when Saul was chosen to be a king, some people started a website and started to pull all the reasons why Saul is not fit to be a king. Others started an Instagram account and and Facebook group of why Saul shouldn't be a king. There were haters around. There were people who were against that. So when Saul scored his first victory, people came to Samuel and they started to whisper and say, hey, we have those names, we have those IP addresses, we know where they live. Why don't we clean them up? we like, you know, teach them a lesson. We go beat them up. And Saul heard that. I want you to see, they're not even asking for Saul. They're asking for Samuel to give the permission. And Saul hears that he interrupts the whole thing. He says, no, 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 no. He said, come on, guys, leave them alone. Don't block them. Don't go hurt them. Don't, don't Leave them alone. Let them, let them do what they do. Relax. They're just, they're just saying stuff. They probably, mama probably didn't raise them well or they didn't eat maybe that day or something. Just something. There's a natural reason to that. Leave them alone. I want you to see how kind Saul was to people who hated him. Forward this when the Holy Spirit lifted his life. Lifted lift from him. David would give his life to help Saul. And he sought to kill him. How could a man who forgave his enemies go to kill his friends? See, when the Holy Spirit leaves your life, you become suspicious. And you begin to hurt people who are trying to help you, thinking they're hurting you. When the Holy Spirit leaves your life, you only, you become defensive of your reputation. You become defensive. You begin to stop. Oh, this person is saying this about me. That person, you're trying to put out the fires. When the Holy Spirit is in you, you create fires. Eric, I want you to come here. I did this once with you, and I'm gonna do it again with you. Can I, Pablo? Can I have with you as well? So, um, you know, this will be better on you. <laughs> open this up. Open this up. You know how this goes. So just let's go to the fun, yeah. I heard about the fire or the smoke that happened yesterday. So I was looking for an illustration to give you a uh, just a sense of a blessing. <laughs> this is what happens where this is you. Hold this. This is your heart. And a lot of times you're not aware of what you have because water is see-through. And so, and this is what happened. God allows people to come into your life and to do this. Now, when they do that, your natural reaction is, why did you hit And your natural reaction is this, is that the reason why the water came out is because, well it came out because, well I pushed it. So people without the Holy Spirit, they blame the person who bumped into them. It's my brother, it's my sister, it's my mom, it's my dad, it's my boss. And so they, they always blame everybody's fault except mine. Adam blamed, Eve, Eve blamed. The devil, you're always blaming the person who bumps into you. But watch this. If you allow the Holy Spirit, if you take your issues and after this was somebody bumped into you and you say, Lord, you know what? That was not right The lad did that. But Lord, you know why that water came out? Because it was always there. Because see, He's not rejoicing because I'm hitting his hand, but you know, nothing is coming out because nothing is there. If the anger came out because somebody bumped into you, that means anger was there and you did not know about it. The Holy Spirit allowed somebody to bump into you so that you can see what needs to be dealt with. But without the Holy Spirit, you're attacking people who bump into you instead of cleaning up the stuff you got inside of you that the people who bump into you expose. So after you realize, you know I'm not going to attack Vlad. I got some anger issues. So then you, you take this anger and you put it before the Lord. You say, Lord, please forgive me. I repent, Jesus. All the anger, all of it. Come on, all of it. Yes, amen. And next time somebody does something, there's only a sound. No splash. People without the Holy Spirit, they always blame people who bump into them. People with the Holy Spirit say, you know what, that's not fair what they did. But the fact that I reacted like that means something is not there in me. Lord, please change me. Even if it's one percent, change me. Even if my spouse is 99% uh, faulty, Lord, change me. Lord, I take care, take care of my heart, change my attitude, change my words. I am an impatient. I know my wife takes very long time to get ready. But Lord, I am an impatient man, change me. I know that these my kids are just driving me crazy and half of the time I'm not sure if they're possessed or not. But Lord, make me more patient. Holy Spirit people, always allow the Holy Spirit to change them, not always blame others. Are you with me? Let's give a round of applause for wonderful young men. You you do need to change. (laughs) We're finishing. And lastly, number six, you will be mission-minded instead of ambition-driven. When Holy Spirit came upon Saul, he wanted to save the city. When Holy Spirit left Saul, he wanted to save his title. Holy Spirit is upon him, he's saving a city. Holy Spirit leaves him, he's holding on to his throne. People without Holy Spirit are always ambition driven, easily offended, entitled. Everybody owes them everything. They always seek their rank, their position their title, and protect their reputation. But people who are filled with Holy Spirit, they heal the sick, they cast out devils, they speak God's Word to other people, they bring others into salvation, they disciple others, and they let people say whatever they want to say. Why? Because those people released an EP album that says, let them say what they want to say. If you're doing something for God, people will always talk. Don't ever stop doing what you're doing to answer them back. Sheep never bark at dogs. When dogs bark, sheep mind their business. They keep eating the grass, keep producing the wool and saying, you know what, that's not my job. If you start barking back, maybe you're not a sheep. Mind your business. The more church grows, the more gossip will be in the church. I am neglected. I am rejected. Nobody accepts, nobody this. nobody that. The more church grows, the more drama will be in church. The more church grows, the more crazy people will be in church. The more church grows, the more stuff will happen and we cannot be distracted by the drama, by the gossip and by the naysayers, by the haters and by people who are hurt to lose focus of our mission and our assignment on this earth. The more church grows and the more miracles happen the more other churches will talk about us there will be people who will be creating sermon series it's already happening against our church to talk about and dissect our sermons and our services to say how wrong we are there will be people having conferences and the whole focus is not going to be how to reach the world but how to destroy hungry gen stuff like that will happen but we have to understand one thing we're about saving the lost Saving the cities and impacting the world. We're not here to protect our reputation. We don't care about that. People sometimes say, well, you were connected with G.B. Joshua. People were saying you had some holy water. I said, come on, it's not holy water. It was anointed water. I was like, don't call it holy water. It was anointed. We're different than Catholics. And I said, people say all kinds of things about you. And I respond back, and I said, did you think we cared? I said, why you guys, why that didn't bother you? I said, when our church started, two wonderful churches here threw us out. They called us with everything that you can think of. When we swallowed that, after that, we decided one thing. We're not living to prove people wrong. We're living to fulfill God at the end. We will stand before God, not before a church. And we want to hear not from a Pentecostal union, but from Jesus Christ. Well done, faithful servant. And I said, in fact, did you know why we prayed with that water? I said, we know it's going to be for a short season. But did you know how many lives were saved? You know, how many people are alive physically today because we prayed for that? I said, and how many did you save in that period of time? what did you do are well, you're running around looking always for your tail what people think about you and I said listen we leave that out let people decide that history books judge but we have to fulfill our assignment. Holy Spirit makes you mission-minded not ambition-driven. He makes you mission-minded not protecting your reputation. just want to challenge some of you right now honestly stop listening to what people talk about you get busy fulfilling your calling stop listening to
1: your ex and them and them listen to the voice of the holy spirit and fulfill your assignment on this earth heal the sick cast out devils preach the gospel make disciples raise the dead cleanse the lepers and shake the kingdom of god for the glory of god Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody, let's, let's rise to our feet right
0: now. Come
1: on, everybody, from the back to the front. Open up your lips right now. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Begin to say, revive me, Holy Spirit. Begin to say, Holy Spirit, give me new boldness. Holy Spirit, I ask you that I break every covenant with the devil I made. Every covenant I made with my disease. Every covenant I made with my sin is being broken right now. Holy Spirit, give me love for people I don't like. Holy Spirit, give me a good relationship with authority. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now that you will help me to stay focused on my mission. Not to be distracted with other stuff. Come on, every voice lifted. Every person from the back to the front. Eyes closed, mouth open. Press into the Holy Spirit right now. For the next two minutes, press into the Holy Spirit. Allow His fire to touch you. Allow His flame to touch you right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah,
2: hallelujah. Holy consume, consume me with your fire, consume me with your fire.
3: Holy Spirit. Begin to invite Him to your life. If you lost the fellowship with the Holy Spirit, He's waiting. He's here. He's right there beside you. He's closer than anyone can be to you. Right now, let's begin to talk to Him. Don't pray to Him, but just begin to talk to Him. Say, Holy Spirit, I missed you. I miss the intimacy with you. Thank you for always being with me. Thank you for never leaving me, never forsaking me. Even when I do things that are wrong, even when I do sinful things, Holy Spirit, you don't leave me, you're right there with me. And Lord, forgive me for abandoning my relationship with you, my intimacy with you. I pray that from this day on, me and you will walk hand in hand. Me and you will walk together. We will have a solid relationship. We will have communication. We will have fellowship in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit I surrender to you. Holy Spirit I need you. Without you God I'm nothing and I don't want to live without you. Oh Holy Spirit give me more of you and take more of me. Oh Holy Spirit come into my spirit holy spirit resurrect me lead me guide me oh spirit of god i want to be with you in jesus name
4: in jesus mighty name now we have come time where we're going to begin to partake uh, in this communion so if you have that in front of you for those of you that don't have it in front of you it's going to be in the back of you we're going to begin to uh do this in remembrance jesus in this last supper, said he took up the cup and took up the bread and he said do this in remembrance of me so the communion element should be in the front of your pew or behind you and right now we're going to begin to ask that what Jesus Christ has did on the cross we're going to come and remember that begin to thank him for the power in the cross of Jesus Christ begin to thank you for the blood that was shed for our sins for that new covenant that was made between us and the father so we're going to right now you can begin to Peel it and begin to partake it and begin to thank god for the cross and for everything that he's done for our lives in jesus in jesus mighty name
0: yes lord we pray right now in the name of jesus that your precious blood will begin to cleanse us from all our sin we pray that your precious blood will cleanse us from all unrighteousness your precious blood will cleanse us from dead works in jesus mighty name as we receive this wafer as we receive this juice Lord, as they symbolize your death on the cross and what you did on the Calvary for us, God. Your body and your blood. Your blood that is shed for our remission of sins and your body that was beaten for our healing. We'll receive that right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's receive that right now. And as you do so, I want you to open up your heart for faith. Open up your heart that nothing is impossible to God. That He's going to meet you right now at the point of your need. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus mighty name when you you can put those cups down after you finish taking them right now we want to take a moment and as the church we want to come against spirit of cancer tumors cysts arthritis especially growth or anything that has to do with cancer cells cancer in the colon cancer in the bone cancer in the skin leukemia cancer in the brain On our communion Sundays, we come against that that this will be an atmosphere of healing from cancer. When people walk in, this will be a cancer-free zone. There will be a healing of God and we're battling. We know people in this room who have, some of you have friends or relatives who who have this illness right now. And so while we're praying for them, we're praying against this together in Jesus' name. There are people watching us in the hospitals, people watching us from different countries. And so church, I ask you right now to stretch your hands with me. And i want you to right now begin to ask god to stretch his hand to do wonders in jesus name against the spirit of cancer the way disciples pray say lord stretch your hand to do miracles in the name of your jesus son we pray right now god come
1: on every hand raised every voice lifted pray like you would pray for your family member Begin to say, God, stretch your hand. Let the power of God against healing of cancer. Let the anointing for healing of cancer be released right now. Release today. Release this year. Explosion, explosion, explosion of healings against cancer in Jesus' mighty name.
3: In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, stretch your hand. Lord, we cry out, we ask you, God, stretch your hand against cancer in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, that we will see this giant be defeated in our city, in our generation, in our families, in our communities in Jesus' mighty name. We curse this cancer in Jesus' name. We curse every arthritis. We curse every cyst, every tumor in Jesus' mighty name. We come against that spirit of death behind cancer. And we command you loose your grip. You giant, we will not yield to you. We will not Admit to you. We're coming against you with the power of God's word. We're coming against you with the blood of Jesus. We're coming against you with the word of our testimony. And you must bow to the name of Jesus. You must fall. You cancer. You are. In lead- in people's bodies and we're expelling you right now we command you to lose your grip in this place those that are watching right now online those that are connected around in Jesus name Holy Spirit come and destroy every cancerous cell in our
4: body in Jesus name we pray in Jesus name I want you right now to place your hand on your body and we're going to begin to pray for wherever you have that sickness it may be in your bones maybe in your skin maybe in your eyes it may be in your ears it may be me in your joints whatever maybe just place your hand right now on your body and we're going to pray that God's going to begin to touch us at the point of whatever sickness it may be has been paid for on the cross of Jesus Christ and right now in faith begin to see that part of the body being restored those cells realigning themselves those bones coming together that skin begin to be restored in Jesus mighty name. Father we pray Father right now for every single person in this place whatever that sickness it may be Lord maybe blindness maybe Deafness, Lord, maybe pain in the joints, Lord, maybe skin cancer, maybe bone cancer, maybe liver problem, maybe heart disease in the name of Jesus. We speak to that bone, we speak to those cells, we speak to those eyes, we speak to those ears, Lord, we speak to those father's cells and begin to realign, begin to come to life in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we pray for back healing, we pray, Father, for headaches, we pray, Father, against Father blindness, against deafness in the name of Jesus. Go. In Jesus' mighty name, you sickness, you are illegal in our body. You are defeated at the cross of Jesus Christ.
0: In the name of Jesus Christ, I curse every arthritis right now. I curse that arthritis in Jesus' name in that joints. In Jesus name I speak be healed of that tumor, be healed of that cyst, be healed of that growth in Jesus mighty name. I speak for those ears to be opened right now, for that problem in the stomach to disappear right now in the name of Jesus. For your back to be realigned right now in Jesus mighty name. Whatever that pain is we command it to go we command it to leave we speak the light of god to come into that part where there is illness right now in the name of jesus i want you to say my body is the temple of the holy spirit it's not for sickness and it's not for disease i renounce every lie that this sickness is from god i renounce every lie that this sickness is gonna how i'll be lived In Jesus' name, I will not die, I will live and declare the work of God. I'm a child of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now that you will move mightily. That you will bring your healing and your total restoration to those who are ill. In Jesus' mighty name, receive your healing right now. Receive the touch of Jesus. May your body begin to relax. May you begin to experience God's heat. God's fire or a sense of knowing the Holy Spirit is touching you that that pain is gone that you will no longer have that illness and no longer have that pain in Jesus mighty name we thank you Lord we thank you Father thank you Jesus every head bowed and every eye closed I want to give an opportunity for people in this room to give their life to Jesus right now who perhaps have not given their life to Jesus maybe you're coming from a background of Christian or Catholic but you're not, or you're supposed to be with the Lord. Or maybe you've never given your life to the Lord and you're visiting us today for the first time, or maybe you've been coming for a few times. The purpose of this church is that you encounter Jesus, that you will fall in love with Jesus, that you get forgiven by His blood and that your name is written in Lamb's Book of Life. As my friend Ricardo shared already, his friend died at a young age. There's another funeral that's happening tonight of a young man who was driving from work and got hit by a truck and, and he died. Your life is not guaranteed. Statistics says 10 out of 10 times, most likely you're going to die. That means you're going to die. You and I are going to die. And we're going to face God. And if you're not where you're supposed to be with the Lord, God is giving you that chance today. Now is the time. Today is the day. If you need to get right with God, if you're not where you're supposed to be, whether you're watching us on live stream or you're in this room, I'm going to give you that opportunity. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And this is going to be you signifying saying, I need Jesus. I need to be forgiven. I need to be washed by the blood. I need to recommend to God. One, two, three. Let's raise that hand high. If you're saying, I need to give my love to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Then I'm gonna ask you for a bold step. For those of you who raise your hand, or those of you who wanted to, or you knew you know you need to, or maybe you brought a friend that know you know they need to get saved. I'm going to ask you to quickly come out right now from your seat and just come and meet me right here. Quickly, quickly. Young man over there. Young man from the back and over here. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Church, give the Marano applause as they do so. Come on. on. Let's come to this side. Let's come to this side. This side. Come on. Come on. Come on. on. There was a man that was in the back over there. Let's bring him. Come. 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 Just come. Come. Brought a friend with you and you know they're not right with god this is a moment to ask him say hey is he talking to you if the answer is yes you come with them friends don't let friends go to hell come on come on i'm gonna wait for just a second if you need to get right with the lord you quickly come You quickly come those of you watching us on live stream you can do the same church i'm gonna lead them in a prayer right now of asking jesus to come into the heart could we pray the prayer together with them so i want you guys to pray the prayer with me right now meaning from the bottom of your heart Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sin and wash me with your precious blood. I surrender all that I am to you. Fill me, O Holy Spirit, and deliver me. In Jesus' name,
4: amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Hungry Generation. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat by using at Hungry Gin. Stay blessed, and we'll see you next week.